Each company has a starting point. No matter what organization, one person had an idea and turned it into a success story. Some rose to the top while others fell into the shadows. On this episode, we're sitting down with two entrepreneurs who pulled back the curtain of their organization and gave us a front row seat into their startup process to help our new business become a legacy. Let's get to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside the Associate Dean of Academic Programs, Mr. Phil Powell. For those of you joining us for the first time, we just want to say welcome to the show. We put out a weekly episode that helps organizations make better business decisions. And if you could do us a huge favor, we would be honored if you'd hit that subscribe button. That way, you can get the latest content the moment it's released. Also, if you would like for us to discuss a topic, leave a comment, or recommend a guest for our show, we would love to hear from you. Just send us an email at ROIPod, that's R-O-I-P-O-D, at IUPUI.edu. Again, that's R-O-I-P-O-D, at IUPUI.edu. All right, how many times have we had an idea and thought, that could make a great business. Or how many times have we thought about branching off and starting our own company? Well, for those of us who are looking where to start, today's episode is for you. You know, Matt, I think those thoughts have run through every listener's mind. You know, many times you get these ideas and they seem too basic. And you say to yourself, of course, that's been done. And you move on to something else. Yet a lot of the time, those assumptions are misplaced. People may have the same thoughts, but they don't act upon them. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the number of established companies less than one year old is the highest it's been since the Great Recession of 2008. The job creation these companies create is increasing. They're representing a larger and larger share of our labor force. And we're seeing a lot more companies entering the market than exiting. It's reflective of innovation. It's reflective of the impact of new technologies and new processes on our economy. According to the Small Business Administration, companies with fewer than 500 employees provided 64% of the new jobs in the economy. The numbers don't lie. So it's clear to see that these ideas that enter people's minds and that when those folks have the bravery to become an entrepreneur and act upon those ideas, they create solutions to consumer problems, which drives business growth, which drives prosperity in the U.S. economy. So the question becomes, where do we start? How do we take this idea from conception to the market? We sat down with two bright minds at Real Inc., that's Real YNC, a real-time video platform that instantly connects real estate professionals with prospects to tour space. Co-founder and CEO Matt Wyrick and Director of Operations Jordan Easley took us through their hard-fought entrepreneurial journey. Here's Matt Wyrick. I knew ultimately my end goal somewhere in my life would be to start a business, have a company of my own. And so I was always thinking in snippets of ideas and opportunities. And when I was moving from Purdue up to Chicago, I looked at over 40 different places to live in person, drove up there six weekends in a row to look at properties. And half of them, I would walk in and turn around and walk out within seconds. I instantly knew I wasn't going to be living there. Very frustrating process, very broken process. And so I started looking at 
the process very critically of what could have been done differently, what I could have done, had, or used to streamline that. And it just so happened that May of 2011 was when FaceTime came out. And so just kind of put two and two together, would have absolutely had my agent walk me through some of those properties virtually while sitting on campus at Purdue. And I could have knocked out half of my trips up to Chicago. So it was one of those, one of those light bulb moments where I saw a gap in the market, saw an opportunity, started shooting a few things around, talked to some agents and brokers that were in my network already, started asking them about this sort of experience with clients, if they felt that pain point as an agent, started talking to some of my friends on the consumer side of it as well, and just identifying those initial triggers. Is this an opportunity beyond just myself? Is this impacting our industry? Is this impacting just my demographic, how big is this and how far does it go? And uh, I kind of sat on the idea for a little bit for about two years while I was a consultant. And eventually I just saw that pain point iterated time and time again, especially as a consultant, we were traveling on the road Monday through Thursday, Monday through Friday, every single week for the job. One of the hardest things I saw my colleagues go through was trying to find a place to live because they couldn't physically be there. And so Finally, it got to the point where I just could not stop thinking about the idea. I knew that if I tried to go go it alone, it probably wouldn't get to where it needed to be. So at a work event, started talking to one of my then colleagues, Ani, my now co-founder of the business. He instantly clicked with the idea and we were in my apartment the next weekend whiteboarding and figuring out the business plan. For those of us unfamiliar with Real Inc., again, you spell that real Y-N-C. This great startup provides live and edited real estate tours that's available through a mobile device or a computer. Basically, you can tour an apartment or house anywhere in the world. An apartment agent or a real estate agent using their own phone can walk you through the property. And this saves the client time and resources, especially if they live far away. As Matt, the CEO and co-founder said, the genesis of this company started with Matt's annoyance. He was wanting to relocate to Chicago. This added miles to his car. It cost him time and money and lots of frustration trying to coordinate schedules. He found himself disappointed with the whole process and he thought there's gotta be a better way. Matt even admits his business idea seems like something a million people could have thought of and started, but they didn't. He was annoyed with how he was shopping for housing, so he made a solution that's now become a successful business. So the first key takeaway when bringing your business idea to life is embrace the reality that your idea is not too simple. The number one question I got when I was building this company was, well, why wouldn't someone just pull out FaceTime and do FaceTime? It's a free solution. It's on their phone already. And the that was a big... That was always a question in the back of my mind of, is there enough of an opportunity here that people will pay for it and pay for a built-for real estate solution? Like, there are so many, so many constraints with FaceTime. It's only one-to-one, it's Apple only. As soon as it's done, it's gone, it's reliant on memory. All of our live tours are saved and recorded to the cloud. Here's a big differentiator that sets Matt, the CEO and co-founder of Reallink, apart from many others. He was not discouraged by the fact that there was a simple solution. That simple solution could have been, why can't someone just use FaceTime in the moment to solve this issue? Matt saw a business opportunity. 
What if you jump on the video call, but then you want to watch it later? FaceTime's not going to solve that. What if anyone with any phone or device could watch in real time? What if multiple people wanted to jump in on the same time and provide comment? Basic FaceTime didn't provide that solution. In these permutations of how this technology could be used and this idea could be used was this business model. Instead of letting others tell us why an idea won't work or why it's already been done, Matt shows us that that criticism or skepticism can be used to our advantage. Inside those pushback lie the keys of differentiation and differentiation leads to a successful business solution. The second key takeaway to bring your business idea to life is to really take your time and do extensive research. One thing I do credit in those early, early months was taking our time. So we took our time and I, I think one of our earliest investors, actually our first investor in the business, he actually cut us a check, no strings attached before anything was really formed and gave us the advice of, don't build anything, go out, go to conferences, run focus groups, just talk to your target audience before you build anything. Understand the personas, understand the needs and the opportunities. And so really that's what we did for the first 10 to 12 months before we even thought about building a product. We spec'd things out, spec'd out what the product would be, what the messaging would be, go to market strategy, all of that, but ultimately, He was listening to the market and figuring out what this company needed to be to have a valid market market opportunity and a chance at surviving. Um, And so once we got to a point where we were very confident in what we needed to build and what would drive value for our end customers, we brought on a a technical, um, technical member of the team, built out an MVP, minimal viable product, just enough to get it in the hands of a some test users and really hit the ground running from there. That was ultimately what gave us comfort in knowing that there was a valid opportunity here. Focus on the customer, focus on your clients, your market, and listen to them. They will show you the path that you need to be on. They will tell you what your product needs to be, what it needs to do. Their opinion is ultimately the one that values most not even investors and all that. It's your end customer. That's who you need to be listening to. We need to remember that creating a business takes a lot of time. We have to embrace that truth and feel comfortable with it. So if you're going to be in the trenches for the long haul, we better make sure we know who we are reaching. And more importantly, we want to know what the consumer really needs, not what we think they need. We need to put our ego to the side. We're here to serve the customer, not ourselves. This part of forming your startup, forming your business, is like building the foundation of the house. Though the aesthetics are not pleasing, nor does it show a home's character, but without that foundation, every piece of wood, brick, furnishings, your curtains, everything falls apart like a house of cards in a summer breeze. We cannot underestimate this step in the process of building a house, nor in building a business. So once we embrace the idea that our idea is not too simple, then take extensive time to research. The third key takeaway for bringing our business idea to life is to drown out the noise. That was one thing early on in Chicago when we were starting our business that I felt like there was a lot of noise. I feel like there were a lot of people in Chicago in particular that were playing startup, that were playing entrepreneurs. and clearly weren't going to go anywhere, but there are just so many events, so many places to be, so many scenes to be in that 
ultimately it was a distraction early on and that's quieter here in Indianapolis. There are still great ecosystems and meetups and co-working spaces where you can be in community with those other people going through the same seasons, but it's focused on hard work. It's focused on results. It's focused on actually growing and building and adding value. Ultimately looking back, it just pulled us away from stuff that we could have been working on, could have been doing and could have been listening to the market and building product and things like that. We must stay grounded in the reality of what we need to deliver for our customer. Entrepreneurship is all about creating a solution to a problem and delivering it through our enterprise. We cannot lose sight of that. There will be times throughout our entrepreneurial journey when we get distracted. Startup hangout groups or investors trying to steer the direction of the company, we need to listen, but we still need to stay focused. Even our closest advisors will offer solutions that will not work. We're not saying to avoid all these things or not listen or hide in a closet and not look at the sunlight and just focus on your product development. What we need to do is understand our why. Remember why we decided to start, why the world needs our solution, and why we are putting this much work into gambling on our passion and creating the solution. Our why becomes our anchor and protection when the noise and distractions come. Our why acts as a filter for every decision that we make. Simon Sinek offers an incredible TED Talk on this entitled, How Great Leaders Inspire Action. If you have not listened to it, we highly recommend it. It's the third most watched TED Talk in history. So once we drown out the noise around us and stay focused on our conceptual business idea, the fourth key takeaway to creating a successful startup is to hone in on a super specific market segment at the beginning. We wasted a lot of time. We, we were chasing every shiny object and we didn't really hone in on a particular market, a particular segment where we may have been seeing success, but we could also have success here. We could also have success here. And so that lack of focus early on probably held us back from some strong initial growth because we were all over the place, especially in the real estate industry where you've got commercial and multiple parts of commercial with retail, industrial, all of that. You've got residential sales, you've got multifamily, student living, senior living. There's so many different segments of the real estate industry that our platform works perfectly for, but they all take different go-to-market strategies. What really got us to where we are today was honing in on the product market fit where we had a true B2B opportunity and the product was proving successful quicker. And honing in on that success is really what's expanded our growth. Being very, very focused and understanding if I'm going to build a product, sometimes that paralysis that you mentioned, Matt, might come from I'm trying to go after too many things all at once. So by segmenting your market, you're going to market one way to all of these people. It's not going to, you're not going to have the big, uh, uh, what is it, total addressable market. Um, that number is probably not going to be as big if you hone in your, your, your specific market segmentation. But you're going to be able to market to them. You're going to be able to t speak their language in the sales process more effectively. You're going to build a product that is more specific to their use case. You're not going to be trying to build integrations with 20 different industries. You're going to be building it for one, and you're going to be an expert in that. And once you own that one market segment, you can go to a peripheral segment where you can tweak a little bit of the marketing or the product or the sales process to fit that, that 
kind of that adjacent market. Um, again, Scott Maxwell, highly recommend that. Because we are so passionate about our idea, we can easily think of a million ways why every individual on the planet could use our product. Yet, this is dangerous because the reality is our initial product only addresses the solution to a very specific market segment. Focusing on that group instead of focusing on the broader market, like Matt and Jordan said, will allow us to master our solution, guide us where we need to expand, and from those insights, we can deliberately broaden our markets. Okay, so we've gone through the process and now we are off the ground running as a business. Our idea is not too simple. We've taken time, we've done our research, we've silenced the noise and distractions around our organization, and we've identified and honed in on a super specific market segment. Now, the fifth and final key, and I think most important takeaway to bring your business idea to life is to simply persevere. Hands down, the biggest lesson I've learned through all of this is persevere. You mentioned the highs, the lows, the roller coaster that is the entrepreneurial journey. It never ends. No matter how good or how bad it is, it's going to get better and it's also going to get worse. It's never going to change. The, the thing that I really see consistently time and time again in Midwest built companies is hardiness and the value of actually providing value. Be investors in the Midwest, they want to see revenue. They want to see companies that are growing with expanding contracts and not just fluff and word of mouth and promises. They want results. This point about perseverance is the most simple but most important insight for success from Matt and Jordan. When you study the most successful executive, the most successful business leaders, they pick a few things, they singularly focus on those things, and they walk into work and they move the needle on those few things every day. They don't let anything distract them. They don't let anybody tell them they can't do it. And importantly enough, they don't let themselves tell them they're not going to be successful. That's perseverance. And I love the point here that the Midwest, this wonderful state of Indiana, where the Kelly School of Business is based and thrives, that that work ethic is something that gives us grit and it gives us that, that willingness to follow through and be deliberate. So if, you, if our listeners remember anything from this podcast, it's all about perseverance. Don't let anything distract you. Ignore the shiny objects. So let's recap. Ideas can start from a million different problems. For Matt, his was the annoyance of driving hundreds of miles to look at properties, only to be disappointed. They may seem super basic, but we have to remember that our ideas are not too simple. Once we lock that down in our minds, we need to turn criticism of why it won't work or why something already exists into questions our product could answer. Look at the flaws to the current solution in the market and figure out how our idea could fix those issues. Secondly, it's extremely important to slow down and take our time by doing extensive market research. From focus groups to meeting with industry professionals, take time to really know what the market needs. Third, once we start moving the ball down the field, we have to drown out the noise, silence those distractions. Knowing why we're starting this business or idea helps to silence those annoyances. 
This can identify who to bring in and who to walk away from, what conference or hangout groups to explore, and which ones to pay no attention to. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to build a business and we dictate how it comes to fruition. Fourth, once we get our idea going, it's important to hone in on a super specific market segment. It's easy for us to answer why the whole world could use it, but the reality is the whole world is not ready for our idea. Mastering how we market to a specific segment makes widening our reach a whole lot easier in the long run. And finally, the fifth and most important key takeaway to bringing your business to life is get ready to persevere. The entrepreneurial journey is a roller coaster. There's guaranteed to be highs and there's even more guaranteed to be lows. We wear many hats as the leaders and we will hit major setbacks. However, what separates companies who make it and those that don't is the willingness to push through. This will take years, quite frankly. It will take the life of your organization because even well-established companies still hit major setbacks. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love your help. When you get a chance, head over to iTunes and leave us a review. And if you want us to explore a business topic, if you have questions you would like answered, or just want to recommend a guest for our show, shoot us an email at ROIPod, that's R-O-I-P-O-D, at IUPUI.edu. This has been another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Phil Powell, where we work hard to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.